He is the AFL's Jerry Maguire, a young, starry-eyed player manager who built an empire from a hope and a prayer. Paul Connors had to sell his house to start his business and ended up with clients named Judd, Hodge, Dangerfield, Natanui, Hurley, Sydney's Josh Kennedy and the $10 million man Josh Kelly. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having us, Mike. Like Jerry, you walked away from a secure business and a promising future and decided to start your own from scratch. I did, yes, back in 1999. I think I even told you the date. It was September 6, 1999. Yeah, that's etched in your memory, isn't it? You did yeah. say September 6. Yeah. What happened that day? You were, uh, working, you were working for Ricky Nixon's Flying Start organisation. Yeah, I was. You'd been there for three years? Yeah, I've been there since 96. Um, oh, we were in talks and Ricky was at the heart of, you know, heart of AFL play management then and we just couldn't come to an agreement about the way forward and... I don't think I really knew what I was doing, but, yeah, I was marched out of the office that day. Literally? Yeah, um, from a, by a great friend now, too, actually. Andrew Neofito um, walked me out with a goldfish. And well, what was the issue, Paul? I wasn't... It, it was just probably a, a, a philosophy difference of, um, you know, player management's a very mm. personal game mm. and, you know, what I thought the direction was heading and where Ricky was heading. So you were 30? 30 years of age. Yeah, and you're being... Carted along by the biggest name in management at the time, in Ricky Nixon. Yep. Uh, you wake up and you sort of say, "What happens from here?" Well, I think it was a process over a few months, and I had some, you know, some good mentors, um, Simon Mean, who used to play for the Saints, and John Fitzgerald, um, who were, you know, encouraging me to take the leap of faith. I don't think I had a clue what I was doing, but <laughs> um, they gave me some offices in Brighton, and, and so rent away. free, rent free, yeah, yeah. yeah. rent free uh, for about a year or so, and. Um, I can remember the shoebox I was working from out oh. the back for a while and um, I spent a lot of time at the Brighton bars because I didn't have many clients. <laughs> <laughs> when you left Flying Start, yep. uh, you told me recently that you thought you might take 10 players with you. Yeah, I, I, that was the extent of my business plan was writing 10 names on a, on a little uh, piece of napkin and my sisters are still horrified that that was my marketing plan. <laughs> I think five came with us and five didn't. Who were the know? five that came? I think uh, Brad Lloyd, Angelo Leckis back then, um, you know, who I thought would come with me. Um, I didn't think a Trent Crow would come with me. I thought a Marcus Baldwin would, but Marcus stayed. Matty Scarlett, you know, still a great... Matty, he left Flying, flying Start, start to, to go come with you. Yeah, yep. a, great, a great friend still. Um, you know, as loyal as, they loyal, as loyal as they come, Matty, if you're in his... Adam Goods? He came with me. I remember yeah. Trent Crow and I driving with Adam Goods down to Oakley, uh, down at the surf coast and... Uh, Adam shaking hands and coming over with me. Well, now, you had to sell your house. You, li you were living in Yarraville. Yep. Kirsty, your wife, was pregnant with your first child. Yeah. You sell your house. You netted, what, roughly 100 grand from yeah. that? Yeah. And that's and the start of the business. That's the start of the business. And, and a lot of, you know, when I said those players left, you know, those fees, some of those, that money that I made on the house went to pay those fees mm. off. Because you owed Ricky commission on yeah. contracts that were ongoing. Yeah, and obviously there was a dispute about how much... Did you ever wake up to a day and sort of think, this is not working, I don't know what I've done, I don't know what the future holds? Well, I think I was, you know, it was, I, I think I had no idea full stop what I was doing. Um, I just knew that I'd give it a go and see where I land. But, you know, I got, a, I got a writ from one of the big law firms in town and I remember getting help with one of my lawyers and I was driving around... Um, the country and I got a call from my lawyer and he made me nervous. So They were heady days in the late 90s, weren't they? Ricky was huge, huge. in this town, in, in this business, in football. Yeah. Club 10, you were at, at Flying Start when that was uh, launched. Yep. 
Yeah, but the oh. names there. The names are amazing. And I, don't, I think we forget um, that Ricky was a pioneer in this game. And, you know, I've, I've been, you know, keen to tell, you know, how good a job Ricky did early. You know, he was, a, he was responsible for player image rights. His Club 10 initiative was groundbreaking. You know, I was in a room at Kingsway, South Melbourne with Modra, um, Lockett, Djakovic, Carey, Dunstall, Greg Williams, Gavin Ablett. Brown, Ablett, yeah. Gary Ablett. Yeah. That was the most amazing meeting ever. And Ricky took on the AFL. Um, yeah, it was huge. And won. And won. Yeah. And I think um, the players today have a lot to thank Ricky for. This is about you, but you were so you worked so closely with, with Nixon. Yeah. What happened? What, what brought him down? Uh, well, when I left, Ricky was at the top of his game. You know, he, you know when I left, I remember, you know, Trevor Nisbet and Barmy, they, they were fully entrenched with, 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 um, with Ricky. And, and no help to you? Oh, no, they, I didn't know them at all and they were telling... You know, I remember a couple of my West Coast boys were told they couldn't go with me. I was probably... You know, we've seen a few splits over the past 10 years, but I was the first to, to really walk away from a major company at that time and um, I certainly didn't have many allies in the industry. Did you need people to fund you? I mean, when we talked about before, roughly there's 100 grand to play with. You got a rent-free office. You were renting in Malvern. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, if I remember back, and I think my uh, my my brothers and sisters were pretty good to me, and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. my brother, one of my brothers especially, lent me some money, um, which helped no end. Mm. The turning, no interest. The, <laughs> that helps with family, <laughs> it does, does it? The turning points. The two thousand and one national draft. Yeah. Now explain this to me. You've come from nowhere. I mean, yeah. I'm, sort of a bit role. Yeah. And you've landed in order. Hodge, Ball, Judd, Judd. Polak, yeah. there's the top four, and Jimmy Bartell at number no. eight. There was a little bit of luck and um, a little bit of hard work, so it was certainly the draft I focused on. It's sort of been my mandate and our company mandate that we went after, we always and we unashamedly go after the best players. Luke Ball was a family friendship and relationship through Xavier College. Um, Chris Judd. I was lucky enough that I managed Steve Green, who was best mm -hmm. friends with and still great friends. And um, I thank Steve for making my business. And um, we always laugh about that, but he, he's certainly instrumental. I mean, Juddy didn't meet any other player, any other manager, whereas Hodgie um, met about six managers. Did he? We certainly drove up and down the highway chasing Hodgie. And um, I think it was down to... John Longmire and myself at one stage, and I, I hinted that I thought John might go into coaching. John was at IMG. IMG. Yep. And I yep. said, look, I yep. can't fault John as a person. Still can't. He's a wonderful person. But I just had an inkling he might go into, um, into coaching, which I was right. And someone made a query about my finance background, which I think um, I was an accountant by trade, so it was sort of... You had a degree? Yeah, they yep. could have had a go at my football background, which isn't <laughs> great, but not my finance yep. background. What did, what did you learn from Ricky Nixon, do you think? He was just technically really good, so he, he was technically brilliant with the contracts. What does that mean? Oh yeah, yeah I just yeah. thought he was, you know, his attention to detail on the contracts, knowing a player's worth, and he, he was a visionary in, you know, the marketing space. I think what I also learnt was that I wanted to stick to my knitting, so I haven't deviated from football. I've stuck to player management. I think Ricky, even back then, wanted to. Um, going to events and other things. Yep. And so I probably, when I left, I made it a pact that 
I didn't want to be a multi-millionaire. I just wanted to send my kids to school. And so I probably just stuck to footy and what I knew. If you cross paths with Ricky now, would, would the dialogue we're, be friendly? We're, we're better. Yeah, there's certainly... You did fall out, didn't you? Oh, terribly. Yeah, terribly because, you know, in Ricky's opinion, you know, I was completely disloyal to him. But, um, you know, I had my... You know, there was always two sides to the story, isn't there? Ricky's had allies in high places, hasn't mm. he? I think when you left and started out on your own, Andrew Dimitriou yep. was then the uh, CEO of the Players Association. Yeah. He didn't do you any favours, did he? No, no, like um, Andrew and Ricky were close. Ricky certainly helped Andrew get the position because Ricky was big and he helped him get the job. Look, Andrew probably thought that I had to pay him half a million dollars for all the players' contracts, uh, whereas I thought I had to pay Ricky that, you know, over a period of three years or however long the contracts were. So it wasn't like I'd go in and get a fair hearing at the PA, that was for sure. Did you see telltale signs with Ricky? No. When you were there? Not really. No? Not really. I, I didn't think he... Yeah, no, I didn't really see any telltale signs. You've got 100-odd players now, Paul. Yeah, just under, but just about that. <laughs> You've come a long way, haven't you? Yeah. And, got... and you keep your players. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I, I think it would be remiss if we're just talking about me. My team, and that's over the journey, um, you know, the list was assembled by John Turnbull, um, you know, my client list. Uh, I thought we were ahead of the game when I hired John, and I wasn't super close. John... Was the ex-Hawthorne recruiting ex manager? He yeah. had the choice between Hodge, Judd and Ball. Mm -hmm. I was just lucky enough that I didn't have to choose between them. I could have all three. I when, I asked, when I asked you about the, the Hodge journey, yeah. there's a view, and I think John Turnbull shares this view, that his decision to take Hodgie at number one ultimately cost him his job. I think that's fair, because I remember being somewhere with Dermot Brereton after a Judd amazing West Coast game, and I was out with him in Perth, and he was lamenting Hawthorne not having it. I think we all look back got some good Hawthorne friends and they're all crazy. They've had too much <laughs> success. But I think they all look back and they're pretty happy with Hodgie um, being picked at one, aren't I'm we? I'm sure they are. <laughs> Tell us about your business model. What do you charge players uh, for their footy contracts? It used to be 3% for about 15 years and I think the industry's just moved to 4%. Mm -hmm. We don't charge a player in his first year and usually that's about two by the time you've, you've signed them with a year to go. Uh, so you do a lot of work early for free. Um, maybe at the back end, you know, it's not as 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 difficult, except if you're managing a few of the high-profile players. Four um, percent, but marketing, it's twenty. Yep. Uh, but there's always variances. We we do a lot of stuff for free too. You know, we. we I think well, Cameron Ling said to me once, you know, if I thought you were obsessed with money, I wouldn't be with you. Mm. Um, and I don't think we have. But our business model, we, we've got great staff. I've always had. Um, predominantly females in the business, um, except for John, and, and I had Hayden Skipworth for a minute, and now I've got Robbie Durazio, who's brilliant, and he's um, taking this industry to another level, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just think we're a good team. We're boutique. We're not... You consider yourself boutique Absolutely. with 100 players? Yeah, I do, and I'm seeing the industry now change where companies are merging together, big companies, and I've seen it in the last year, two, two major moves, and uh, I think... One of our things is that we're we're a family business, and um, yeah, we're really comfortable with. And, and the girls don't get enough credit in my office, and we've spoken about one of them. I'm going to ask you about Mel. Yeah, and her arrangements with with Paddy Dangerfield. Yeah, but Paddy seems to rely so heavily on her yeah. for advice and for direction. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, uh, before Mel was Lucy Mills, who worked for me for ten years, and she's still in the, in the industry of sorts. Um, Mel and um, 
you know, and there's Georgie and I've got Mark Miranda's daughter and Alex Saundry, who's the daughter of Bernard. We've got a really good um, cross-section, but Mel's been with me for nearly 10 years. She's an accredited agent. The likes of Hodge, Dangerfield, Natanui um, and many more, you know, I think they don't breathe without speaking to her, really. Mm. You know, that's how I say it. And she runs a great ship. She's honest and she's there for counsel. She cares. How hands-on are you? I'm really hands-on. You know what I mean? Um, I'm lucky that everyone has their roles, so I can play different roles now. So I think um, there's so many issues that come up. The finance background's always going to put me in good stead, so um, I might have a lot to do with talking about their accounting and their structures and um, all the boring stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And Mel might be talking marketing. And, and I always say the girls make Robbie and I look good too. And what does she bring to the table in terms of um, why would she service... Danger feel better than you would. Oh, she's got. I'm, I'm, she's attention to detail, but she's got. She's a great listener. Mm. So she's got a care factor. It's not just Dangerfield. I could go across the the board of Tommy Sheridan at Perth, or you know Connor Blakely. She's just talking to me about FaceTiming Connor, or, you know, in hospital. And so she's got a real care that for her clients. And I think the beauty of it, which we try and preach at our um, companies, you know, don't distinguish between Dangerfield and Dawson Simpson. And um, one it's a bit might, hard not to. No, one might need have more needs if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why Mel is talking to him more regularly. But um, but overall, you know, um, they're Mel's people, they're Mel's boys, and um, you wouldn't want to um, say bad things about them. But you say the Dangerfield deal back from Adelaide to yeah. Geelong. Did you drive that? Hey, absolutely. But Mel was the person speaking to Patrick Daly. So I, I didn't need to speak to Patrick Daly, but he'd drive, you know, he'd drive home or at night. And I always say Mel's a night person, I'm a morning person. <laughs> so we sort of complimented each other. Mm. I must um, say, your record from the outside looking in, your ability to get players from one club to another is very impressive. A yeah. danger field, Adelaide to Geelong, Ryder, Essendon to Port Adelaide, Hibbert, Essendon to Melbourne... There's some harder than others. Yeah. I thought, you know, Dangerfield to Adela uh, from Adelaide to Geelong, well, he was a free agent, um, so it helps. I was probably upset that he didn't go as a free agent um, and that, that it was matched because I'm an advocate for free agency. But, you know, a Beams for family reasons mm. and others to go from contracted player to Brisbane was really difficult. And there's some others that are just great stories that... Well, Pierce Hanley... Pierce Hanley, clubs, yeah, 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 and I think there was a meeting of the minds that that was yeah. fair. Sometimes you've got to do your homework beforehand before you become public to know that you can do the deal. So I've had a great relationship with Greg Swan and he came in 20 years, so we've sort of grown together. And I knew Brisbane were prepared to pay a price for Beams, so I was happy to go public. Mm -hmm. If you think they're only going to give up pick 15 for Dane Beams, who's contractable, well, you're not going to war with... Collingwood Footy Club and Eddie Maguire, but, eh? but none of these seem to be played out in public where people were taking intransigent positions and saying, we're not going to deal. We, yeah, well, we try and do the majority of our business behind closed doors. It's a public game. I can't believe how much people love footy and talk about it um, every day. You know, wherever you are, they're talking footy, you know, and we can talk about Josh Kelly later, but every year there seems to be a topic that people want to discuss. Mm. Um, they love it. And um, we still love our job, but, yeah, we, we try and keep everything behind closed doors. After the break, Paul, let's talk about how Chris Judd nearly got to St Kilda. I want you to take me through the Hodge journey. I mean, yep. it's, a, it's a long one now. You spotted him, I think, as a 16-year-old. I remember seeing him... If I go way back, yeah, I saw him play... I think I saw him play as a 16-year-old. I went down... I knew he was doing... Um, he was training at 
Geelong for his AIS and Jason Snell and all the boys were down there and they took him, we went out for lunch and the boys invited me along to lunch. So I was able to um, speak to him there briefly and then I saw him play, you know, a game at the MCG and I'm like, can you just go away because I knew he was that good but as if I was dreaming that he, I could hide him. But did everyone <laughs> else have the same view of him? Don't know how early. I'm sure they did mm. because six agents were, you know, John Longmire and I'm sure Ricky and others were, were chasing him hard. Mm. Um, there were many drives down the freeway to, you know, to Colac and um, to meet mum and dad. So how do you think, what in your view clinched the deal? I, I'd have to ask Hodgie. I haven't even reflected on asking him. I talked to him about his first contract because he was in the office after we caught up. And Do you remember that? You think, he said, we think it's about $50,000, his first contract. That's the, um, was there a sign-on fee in that? No, that's no. just the base to play base. for 12 okay. months. So okay. um, it was probably a little bit more than I even thought. But, really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, but he was a first-round draft pick. Yeah. He was just... He was a standout, but he wasn't as mature or professional as Luke Ball or Chris Judd. But obviously... Um, Johnny Turnbull saw the leadership and everything in him that you know that's come to the fore, was and I've seen it. Was know. he wild? Not wild. No, I, I don't think he was wild. He was a loyal. He was a Colac boy. He was loyal. He's still loyal. His friends from then are friends today. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just you know, that country person's just a good person, aren't they? His parents just haven't changed mm. it one bit. Um, you know, they just love watching and the person he's grown into. He's a family man now. He's got three kids. He lives around the corner from me, trying to get him down to the local cricket club to play cricket next year. He, he was pretty handy at that, wasn't he? He's a star cricketer. Yeah. yeah. The Glen Ice Cricket Club is very excited about having his son there and hopefully having him there next year. Mm. Look, he's his journey, and, and it finished, it's still going, but um, you know, to see uh, him on the sounds of the game, and I know it caused a bit of angst with a couple of people, but I was shocked and blown away by how good he was. And Did I, you know he was going to do that? No, I didn't know yeah. Because he's so capable. I mean, the way he's taken control of every aspect of his life, it's no surprising that the captain he is. And I'm talking off-field. He um, he runs a great tight ship with close people around him and he's responsible for all decisions now. When he made his decision about retiring at the end of this season, yep. what was your contribution to that debate? I agreed with him. Um, but did he come to you and sort of say... Well, we talked about it a bit last year. So it was the decision to go, like, to go on last year was a decision and then to give up the captaincy. Um, and he's really enjoyed this year, seeing the young kids come on. So he's been able to have a different slant on it. And um, instead of just having a win at all costs, I think he's really enjoyed seeing the development of a Burton and a Sicily and, and many others that we've seen come on this year. Will he coach or go into the media? I think media. But Would that got... be your advice to him? Um, I think it's his advice, so I'm certainly not telling him not to do that. Yeah, he owns his decisions and I mm. just um, agree with him. Let's go back to that famous draft Yep. where Hodgie was number one. Chris Judd was a Melbourne boy, Yes. ended up at West Coast. Yep. Was there an opportunity almost for him to stay yeah. in Melbourne and play for St Kilda? I think he puts it in his book, which is a good book. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Juddy was um, pick three. And, and, and they had the pick. So it was, um, pick one was Hawthorne, two, um, St Kilda with Borley, three, Juddy, West Coast, four was Fremantle. Graham Pollack was the premier key person, player in the, in a big man in the game and West Coast lacked bigs. And I was desperately trying West Coast, even up to the last week, to get them to pick Pollack over Juddy. 
and Fremantle will deny it and everyone will deny it, but they would have picked Barry Brooks at four yep. and Juddy would have slipped to five to and five. St Kilda so would have picked pick. him over Xavier Clark. Yeah. And uh, they would have won a few flags, wouldn't they, with ball You're going to break more St Kilda hearts, mate. <laughs> what might it's have a been? Story. It's a true yeah. story. Yeah. Dangerfield. Yes. The current star of your stable, or yeah. one of them, certainly, of them. but he's the, probably the headline act at the moment. Yeah. Um, was it difficult to get him, back, get him out of Adelaide? Not really. He just... Because he, he made the decisions for family. So his was a purely family-based decision. He'd given eight years. I think if you give... Yeah, he'd gave, given eight years. Juddy gave six years to West Coast. Paddy gave eight years to Adelaide. I think that's really good service. So I think he will end with wonderful friendships at Adelaide. Um, you know, his wedding was after and he had a great... You know, he's got great friends at Adelaide still. And I think he handled himself with aplomb. And, I mean, there's a textbook how to do it. I mean, he helped my job certainly be easier. Josh Kelly. Yes. We've known for some time that there's been this huge offer on the table, tabled by North Melbourne initially and probably yeah. backed up by a couple of other clubs more recently. Yeah. Um, is it $10 bucks? Uh, I don't really want to talk about the figures, but I haven't been on the record denying everything, but... Yeah. So you're not saying ten million's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but you know I'm not saying you, it's right. Work. If you yeah. don't say it's wrong, yeah, we'll, well say there, it's right. Well, there's big no, there's big offers for for a young man, mm. you know, just starting the game out, entering his fourth year. But historically, you're in favour of players staying at their original club. Yeah, I am. I, I, I've been on record, and I mean, most people are. But I was even speaking to another player who was trying to ring me to convince me to get Josh Kelly to his club, and then on the other hand, he's saying to me. But if I was really telling him, I'd tell him to stay because premierships mean more to me now than they ever had. Mm. So that's the dilemma these boys have. Are we, you know, what would Nathan Buckley think back in time? I know he didn't go for his bigger money, but he went to Collingwood and then Brisbane go and win three flags. So uh, maybe he couldn't forecast that, but I think Greater West Sydney have got a pretty good list that they've got a good future. Um, I'm obsessed with my players winning premierships. OK. Yeah. Has any club other than GW has spoken to Josh Kelly this year? No. We just don't approve of that. Not even unofficially? Not unofficially. Not even close. Did you, did you tell him that this seven, uh, 10 million bucks for took, seven years was on the table? I, I took my time yeah. to just say what was on. I went to his dad first. And That's Phil Kelly who Phil, played for North yeah, Melbourne? Yeah. Just a wonder, he's just got a wonderful family, Trish and Phil and Laney. They're very good support. Great Brighton grammar family too. Mm. Um, <laughs> No, I, yeah, I took my time. I talked to Dad first and, and we worked out the right time because you have to because he would have read about it in the paper and he wouldn't have known about yeah. things. So as much as you like the idea of players staying at their original club, yeah. this is just a stupendous offer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We, we marvelled at what the Swans did with Buddy Franklin. Yes. Um, but in this case, he's a kid yeah. uh, and he's looking at sort of a guarantee of a million plus a year for seven years. But he's... But he's also it's probably longer. Um, but he's also got, probably longer. Well, you said seven. I think that that was. Is it longer about than it. that? Yeah, I think so. Is it really? Yeah. Um, not more money, but you know, longer year. Gee. Um, but then, where is he in two years? And he he's a three-time All Australian player and two-time Premiership player. Mm. So if he wanted to come back in six years, is it there? But what about in two years' time if he's got two ACLs? They're they're the things that you've got to weigh up, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't take the security of the money over I, the romance of the flags? I don't have that decision. Josh will make a decision. Yeah. He's got all the information. And um, Look, the great thing is how mature he is. He just, his form has gone up. Since, yeah, it has. You know, it's just gone through the roof. He's totally dedicated. And it, you know, 
and he's got a final series ahead of him, you know, right now. That that's his one goal, and and I can tell all Giants fans that's his only only goal is to win a flag this year for him. What's your advice been in a sentence? When you speak to him, what do you say? You've got time. You've got time. You've got time. Concentrate yeah. on the year at hand, and when you're in a better position to reflect on things, you yeah. Know, take and your time. his teammates are okay with that. Really good. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think they've been wonderfully supportive. Okay. Have you lost anyone that you wanted to keep? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you never like losing any player. Mm. I mean, when I lost, I lost Fev. Um, I remember getting a text off Fev or maybe, you know, his wife at the time, and you know, I was devastated. But a week, ten days later, Dean Cox texted me asking if I'd manage him. And Did he? Yeah, yeah, it was three, three. He had three All Australians, then he ended up with six. Mm. So mm. You, you you do stress because you think you can. Um, you know, I thought I was the you know the best thing for Fev at the time, but in hindsight, you're reflecting. You go, wow, I, I think a few players might have left me if I kept managing Fev. And you know, when I bumped into him the other day at a golf day, and I was you know I was just wrapped and um, to see him. Do you think players would have left because Fev was in the no, stable? No, maybe, no, because I may have had too much time okay. Um, okay. concentrating on one client mm. and the troubles, and yeah, maybe I was just something I reflect on. Juddy. Yep. Did you orchestrate the move from Juddy from West Coast to Carlton? Well, I try and tell this to Trevor Nisbet that Juddy, over all players, is his own man. If you don't know that now, you'd never know it. But he was he he orchestrated it in terms of he was coming home. Where he was coming home to was a different matter of yeah, that was a hard trade. Because the rules in place today are not the rules in place then. So Josh Kennedy would still be at Carlton if the rules were in place now, because Carlton would have given up pick three or pick one only, okay. and um, Juddy would have come home and that's all they would have got. Uh, Collingwood were, you know, a deep person. I remember Juddy leaning towards Collingwood at one stage. Um, I didn't want him to go to Collingwood because I couldn't have got him there. So you talk about play, I'm getting my players to the club. How do you mean? You, why couldn't you have got oh, him Because they just didn't have the picks or the... Oh, okay. Yeah, it just okay. wasn't going to work. Yeah. So I think West Coast were obsessed that I, they thought he was going to Collingwood. Back of my mind... I thought Carlton, Melbourne and Essendon could do the deal. So did anyone, did you seek anyone else's counsel on, on the best place for Juddy to go? I think you're alluding. I did have a call from one Gary Ablett. Gary Ablett Senior. Gary Ablett Senior, who, um, if, if Gary wants you, he'll track you down, Mike, so he'll get your number. But <laughs> I wish he did. did he? <laughs> um, so what did Gaz say? He just said, don't choose Carlton, Paul. Did he? Uh, yeah, he said, don't let Juddy go to Carlton. For reasons? Uh, he didn't think they're midfield or he just didn't think they were any good at that time. Mm. And I said, well, reflecting at the time of, Ge you know, there was time there when Geelong wasn't that great. So I think we're, we get, um, we've got to be careful. And, and you know, you look at the current era and Richmond, you know, people would think you're mad for going to Richmond if Dion pressed you. And now you're looking at them going, wow. Mm. I think we're quick to judge clubs' lists and... If you're not in the inner sanctum, you've got to be careful. What I am fascinated by, I, I wouldn't yeah. have picked Gary. I, he would be the last bloke I would have picked to have made that call. Yeah, it's interesting. I know you knew him no, but not from well, Club like, 10. Yeah, but I, I, I sort of hadn't spoken to him often. So Gaz rings and you pick the phone up yeah. and he says, Paul's Gary. Gary Ablett here. No, he just said Gary. Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> it's like I haven't spoken to him in five years, but I, I know who it is. Yeah, it's a bit like Pelé, isn't it? Yeah. Just one name. Yeah. One R. Yeah, yeah I, I'm really, I'm still um, stunned that he would do that. Yeah. Uh, did he have a suggestion about where Juddy no, should have gone? No, he just didn't think Carlton was the best option, I think. Now, I've <laughs> known you for a long time and you yeah. tend to fall in love with all of your yeah. players. Well, if I do, Mel does even more so. I she want you to, you know, I'm always going to ask people yeah. to rank or rate. Yeah. Um, I've got a suspicion that if you had to pick them all and hug one of them, yeah. 
and it'd be Chris Tarrant, is that? Well, that might be right, but can we go to old Zavs and Matthew Burke and, and Gossie now? My kids love Gossie. Um, uh, one of the greats at old Zavs, by the way, Mike, yeah. if you didn't know who oh, well, he was. I, was ask you, I knew it wasn't normally <laughs> Goss. <laughs> uh, they're all in there. Like, you know, how can you not like Tommy Lynch, the chief from uh, Adelaide? Yeah. Uh, they've all got something um, that you gravitate towards. Paul, I haven't meant to make this a free ad for Connor Sports, but no. it's hard not to. I mean, your record's uh, exceptional since that humble start. <laughs> uh, you're genuinely an agent to the stars, and I think the fact that so few of the, your players ever leave is a testament to the way you look after them. Uh, thanks for having us. Cheers, Mike. Cheers. This has been a production of Fox Sports.